and, and community growth. It's good. It's good. We, um, there, you know, there's so much that's going on in the Kajabi world. So, you know, they've been, they've been really, really busy this summer, like really busy this summer. Um, and so it's, yeah, you know, yeah. they're where they're at is, um, really continue to love their heroes well. Um, and it's just fun to watch them keep going, keep going, yeah. keep doing. Their community is awesome. All right. Yeah. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey there, and welcome to Vision Pros Live. I am your host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business, and I'm really excited to have my friend Marusha here today, who's also a wonderful, amazing community growth leader. Uh, when we're talking about great communities, we're talking about communities like Kajabi. Uh, the Kajabi platform hosts over 60,000 courses on it, course providers, rather, and their community on Facebook is more than 40,000 strong, if I remember correctly last time I looked. And Marusha is ultimately the director of that community and making sure that they have an awesome presence and they're building great tribes within that. And I'll let her fill us more in on what she does and how she helps with community revolutions. Um, so we'll be coming back to that in just a minute. Um, in the meantime, I wanna mention two of our sponsors, super great sponsors, Capshow, for instance, is the leading AI software for generating content for podcasts. But if you have a video or an audio clip of any kind, a stage presentation that you did, for instance, the cool thing is you can go into Capshow and they will give you two free credits to upload files. You upload those files into Capshow and it will take that content and then have an, a writing assistant basically help you create all the social media content that you could want or imagine out of that episode because it takes all of your info, the value that you put out into the world, and then that person, the, that entity, that AI ultimately ghostwrites for you your LinkedIn posts, your Facebook posts, your LinkedIn article, um, the ability to create different types of blog posts as well based on strategy. And some of you I know are, are overwhelmed with the idea of the strategy component. But the cool thing is when you leverage a tool like that, it's built by a series of marketers who know what strategies to follow already. And that's why they turned it into a system that's easy to use. So you'd be able to generate sound clips as well out of it. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the system. We use it ourselves for our podcast. So um, Capshow is fantastic. In addition to that, IconMakerLive.com is coming up next week, and they're going to be making some seriously awesome offers over the coming days. I was just talking to Tom this morning about the process for the event, what's coming, and they're, they're planning on having a thousand people attend this virtual event to help people launch their podcasts. Um, on another fun note, Marusha um, just announced that they're launching their podcast later today, so it'll be really cool to, we'll put that in the show notes so you guys can connect with her beyond this actual episode. But I can tell you right now, one of the best things that you can do for your life, as well as for your business, is establish your own community. If you can create a community where you know that you're accepted, that you belong, where you're providing value to others, it's one of the most enriching experiences there is and gives you an extreme amount of purpose. So it'll be a lot of fun to talk to her about that. So real quick, back to Icon Maker Live. That starts on Wednesday of next week. Um, there may be a couple of VIP sessions before that on Tuesday. I, I can't remember exactly, but all I know is what Tom Matson is building and Cheryl Plouffe is absolutely phenomenal. And I hope to see you at that event. I'll actually be with them in person for it. Um, but the virtual experience is going to be 
just as powerful. And we're going to be doing things like connecting people to their dream 100 based on our social connection. So if there's people in my circle or Tom's circle or Cheryl's and beyond, we're actually going to be doing outreach, strategic partnership, engagements. And that's just scratching the surface of so many things they have planned for that event. So um, beyond that too, if you're blessed enough to listen to this and you have an extra dollar to spare, then I, I hope that you look at the water project and see what the water project's up to. It's very easy to Google. We'll also drop the link in the show notes. Um, Jaime, if you don't mind for today, let's go ahead and put a specific project in the show um, and honor that project. And perhaps several people will be able to contribute to it. And who knows, maybe we'll raise the money uh, today itself by going and checking that out. So go ahead and check out the, the project and I'll show you what area of the world, what area of Africa specifically is in dire need of having access to clean drinking water. Um, and if you can give a dollar to it, then, uh, you know, I hope you can, you can do so. And then just feel the gratitude of being able to be in a position to do that while having clean drinking water yourself. So without further ado, uh, let's bring Marusha on stage. Marusha, thank you so much for joining me on Vision Pros today. Jackson, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And I love that you're supporting the water project. I absolutely enjoy supporting them as well. So I'm glad that that's awesome. we're able to, to share that together today. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. And that just goes back to like the overlap we've had. We when we met at Kajabi, I, I was like, oh my gosh, uh sister from another mister, like right, right here, right in step one. I was like, this is so cool. And it was at our it was at our mastermind table, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, we were at the it was the VIP day, uh, the first day of the Kajabi, the full Kajabi event, Kajabi event. And yeah, we were at the same table and we were we were trying to figure out a solution to improve Kajabi's experience. And that it was, was quite fun. It, it really you really stood out to me like oh, like cool. profoundly. So here we were in this table, guys. And imagine you're at a conference and you have um, several hundred people in the room and you don't know each other. Well, Kajabi gave us the opportunity to incubate an idea to improve a feature or create a benefit for their solution. That was a really great idea. Um, but we're also under the time constraint of like 10 to 15 minutes to do this. And you don't have a group leader at the table. You kind of got to figure that out. And so we're all alphas. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're like, OK, this is going to be fun. Let's see. And I'm just imagining like, man, how's this going to go? Is this going to go really well? Or is this going to turn into a disaster? Uh, it'll be cool to see. And and sure enough, like it went super well. But what really struck me was Marusha practices the art of slow to speak, quick to listen. And they, they say, you know, if, if you want to be a great leader, hear everybody else out first, you know, hear what's going on. And she was, she was reserved. She was waiting. And, you know, everybody discussed their different ideas. And patiently, she came forward with a concept and idea that um, ultimately shifted the focus of what the entire conversation was based on. Um, and I continued to watch Marusha do that as we interacted with others throughout the conference. And I was like, wow, no wonder why she's such a great community leader. You got these crazy, amazing listening skills. Where did you develop that? Oh my gosh, that I've never had someone um, pick that up and I appreciate that very much. How did I learn that? I, I think I learned that probably through being the oldest uh, child <laughs> of four really? and the second oldest of 39 first cousins in a very loud Puerto Rican, Jamaican, Filipino family. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a big, good mix. Big house. I mean, my family, yeah, my mom's one of 11 and they had 39 children. And so, and we all live 
most of us live in the Philippines or in Florida, some in California, but when we get together, it literally, you can't, it's just a massive party, you know, it's just what it is. And so I think part of my role in the family was always like the, the, the gatherer of all the humans, because it just was naturally how I'm designed, but also to create something with such cohesion and such a large group of people that are so different from one another. I had to be strategic, right? And so I guess I maybe I learned a lot of my skill set from there, um, and then just over time, you know, just I think as a as a as a leader, I, I recognize that listening is one of the best leadership skills that we can ever ever have. Um, if we are constantly looking to step to the mic and speak, we're likely not paying attention to what our people really care about. And so it's obviously there's a balance, right? We need to speak as well. Um, and, uh, and you know, uh, for me, it has been one of the, the best uh, practices is to just be in listening mode. So I can really understand that what matters to, in any room I'm, I'm in or any community, it, it's going to be felt by the heartbeats in the room. Mm. You know, I think when we build communities or we build gatherings of people, we're often trying to like, we as individuals naturally are like, okay, how do I look? How do I, what am I, you know, we get, we kind of like do this, yeah. like, how, how am I, how am I posturing or am I showing up in this room? Right. But the most powerful thing we can do is actually be present to the others because the others are, the others are going to tell you and tell us what it is that they're really caring about, what it is that they're yearning for, what do they desire in this world to make the world a better place? or to change this thing or to impact something, right? And yep. so we get to, as leaders, we get to be in a stance of listening so that we can be better leaders, so we can be leaders that are actually effective and impactful in the world. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we're gonna be diving deep into the advanced realities of community growth mm-hmm. and leadership. So everybody who's listening, you know, whether you're starting a community from scratch or whether you've got a community of over 100,000 people um, already participating in it, there's going to be aspects of this conversation that are going to dynamically help you optimize the opportunity to help those people belong um, you know, and know they're in the right place and um, ultimately to help you become a more effective leader. So um, with that said, Marusha, who should be listening? Why do you feel they should listen to you? And what are they going to get out of today's show? Oh, great question. So who should be listening? I, I would say it would be individuals who are really wanting to create major impact in their in their lives, right? So people, visionary leaders typically are the ones who who really hear me and want to take action. Um, because I want to get, I want to invite listeners, and that's why you should listen today. I want to listeners, I want to invite visionary mm-hmm. leaders to be able to um, not stay in vision, right? Vision is so powerful. But if a vision just stays in the head, then where does it really go? Right. <laughs> it puts me in the ears. It stays in the head. So we need to actually move that into action, right? So today, if if we're if if it's a visionary lead, if you're a visionary leader that is really wanting to see that vision come to life into fruition, let's stay into the let's stay in the conversation, because that's how in which I will be able to support you. Um, and how do you gather the people well? So I think what they're going to get out of today's show is is learn about gathering learn about how do you how do you create a movement how do you create an impact driven company where you put people first recognizing that profits always follow when we put people right. first right so we'll be diving further into what that looks like 
um, both for, for you as a visionary leader, as well as for your teams, and then for ultimately the people that you're serving. I love that. Well, you, you kind of nailed the next question, but I think there's more depth that you'll be able to dive into because of it. So what's your vision for those leaders that you serve? Mm, great question. So my vision truly is that leaders are able to be fully, fully aligned into their leadership as they go out into the world. You know, the biggest concern I have when people are like, I want to create an impact driven movement or I want to, you know, build a big thing is that they go forth with such passion, but without without intentional strategy. Mm. Right. And so yes. my vision is that we get grounded in first and foremost to who we be in the world. And how does that beingness allow us to to take that vision and bring it to reality into life from a place of love, from a place of care for those that we're serving and for our teams? as well. Excellent. So let's shift gears a little bit. What's your personal vision, Marisha? I have a big one. Um, my personal vision is to bring humanity back to the human race, point blank. Um, in this digital world that we're in, we can make amazing connections, um, but we can also make a lot of major, major, uh, bring a lot of danger to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And if we start to expect as consumers, if we start to expect another level of bringing love into conversations and into gatherings digitally and otherwise, um, what's possible? So that's really where I spend my energy and my time and my vision at this point okay. in my life. I love it. Okay. I think everybody on this, uh, on this broadcast can appreciate that reality as well. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about Kajabi. So you're, you've been the community director running the community at Kajabi titles don't matter so much to me as, as the value that's being provided there. And, uh, I believe I saw, was it 40,000 strong in the Facebook community? What, how many community members are there currently in Kajabi? Yeah, great. So just to, to be clear, I'm actually not their community director, but not necessarily for the title, but they have an amazing executive directorial team over there. And I mm -hmm. actually, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, there's our fun, Kajabi video with Heather, Heather Hargrove. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. That is so great. That was one of my favorite moments. Jackson. <laughs> I absolutely adored that. Um, what I actually have been supporting Kajabi on for this past year um, is really getting grounded into how they can continue to serve their community so significantly and so powerfully. So I've been working with their executive, their executive um, teams, their director of um, community um, to really hold their leadership and their vision and bring that forward. Right. Um, and so, yeah. So right now it's over 40,000 folks for sure in their Facebook group. Um, and they've also built in into their own platform. They've acquired a company um, that they're now integrating in to their core platform to for members of Kajabi or uh, Kajabi Heroes to be able to start utilizing community more intentionally within the platform itself. So instead of having to go out to Facebook, you know, they can stay in, in there um, as well, which we is saw really that. It was really interesting. They, they ultimately, yeah. from what I understood, it was launched kind of as part of the event that we went to, um, <laughs> you know, at least that's what it felt like for me um, as an outside user that was kind of um, unaware of the Kajabi culture, even though I was using the tool. And mm -hmm. so next thing you know, we're being ushered into um, a more close knit circle with gamification involved as well and rewards and scavenger hunts and integrations. I mean, you guys went to extreme levels to help people 
really value what I consider more like a, a city experience. You know, we look at communities online, I can, I correlate them with cities and it's like, what's going to motivate me mm-hmm. to be a part of that online community? Are there attractions? Are there groups? Is it safe? Um, are these the same types of people I want to be around? You guys really took that to the max. I hadn't seen that done that well. Yeah. Before. You know, it, I, I, have to, I have to say, I know the product management team in, at the Kajabi, at Kajabi is just amazing, truly. They really want to listen to all of their their heroes, their Kajabi heroes, and um, integrate what it is that we're needing uh, to create even better community experiences. Um, it's new, right? They they actually they acquired the the company uh, in the fall of last year. They started beta testing it with, with some of us as members to ex- to get the experience of it, um, and and they're now listening to the feedback to improve the product even that much more, which is exciting, right? Um, yes. So, yeah, so it's it's wonderful. It's been a wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful to use their tools. Like I use Kajabi personally myself, just like you, Jackson. Right to mm-hmm. to build um, my my own membership, my own community experience. So it's been fun to be like, ooh, look how they're utilizing gamification here. Oh, that's oh, that's cool. So even even someone like me who's been building communities for twenty three years now <laughs> is constantly in the learning of how to utilize the tools. And Kajabi is really. Um, wanting to to bring in um, strategies and tools and techniques that are going to really help their Kajabi heroes be able to um, bring more cohesion within their within their community experiences themselves. Oh, right. Well, and it's kind of like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying. Yeah, it's totally fun. It's totally fun to see what they're doing over there. Absolutely. And so, you know, we can play the titles all we want and the analogies and they're, they're going to be somewhat applicable. Um, and, and I think in a lot of cases, very applicable back to city. So I look at the visionary kind of like the mayor of the city. Um, and there's still a city manager that's needed, right? There's a team. The mayor's job isn't to do everything. It's to delegate. Um, you know, it's to bring in the right people to help with the strategies on different levels and to stay focused on their strengths. So that's where I see you coming in to help with the process is like yeah, you are yeah. one of those executive leaders that helps expand that process and fulfill on things. Yeah. So um, yes. we're going to dive into more of that too, but I want to know first, what is your worst mm-hmm. business experience ever? Oh man, that's a great question. You know, last year, I, I think I had my worst experience ever. Okay. Um, it was last year. Uh, it was, well, I, we brought on a, a potential client. We ended up refunding that client completely. You know, you know, those moments when you make a choice based either on ego or um, something that yeah. someone said on the outside, but you know, in your gut, it's just not right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've done that a lot. That, yeah. <laughs> I've been there. So that's, honestly, that's what happened last year is that we took on somebody that I just was not a yes to. And I'm very, very, I'm typically very picky, but I was listening to another person and I allowed that person to, you know, oh yeah, influence my decision. And yeah, it wasn't great. Um, and, and I think the, the biggest part of the worst was that this was a particular um, experience where they weren't actually wanting somebody to partner with them as a city manager in, in the, that analogy of mm-hmm. the mayor and the, they wanted to be the mayor and the city manager and, you know, but then get the results they were expecting my mind to bring into it. And I was like, Ooh, that's, this is tough because I'm not actually being allowed into the conversation, but then given, 
you know. So that was really tough. I did. I, I learned a lot from it. Um, I learned a lot from it. I learned the importance of taking a stand um, and knowing when a yes is a yes and a no is a no, and being comfortable with the no, you know. And, and it gave me opportunity to, in my own my own reflections of my own personal like a personal assessment of myself, to say, oh, look at that. That's people pleasing right there. What I was trying to mm-hmm. please, you know, this particular this um, particular partner of mine in another from an you know in, in another project. Um, by taking on this client that was a heck no for me. <clears throat> and, you know, it burnt me. And so at the end of the day, I made the choice to give my, give him their, you know, give that company the money back, their money back. And we lost about 50 grand on that deal, you know, um, and the money I gave back was, was less than 50, but the amount of work my team put in and, and right. everything. It was, it was, a, it was, I definitely had to lick my wounds after that. And that was not fun, but you know, mm. you got to learn somehow in some way and move forward. Absolutely. Um, and if there's a, if there's a business owner who's been in business for longer than three years that doesn't know what that feels like, um, then they're either perfect or they're headed right for it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, we, we know the feeling. Um, and thank you for owning that. It's cool to see you too. own out loud. Um, you know, what, what, your assessment was of your mistakes and the process, um, you know, and, and recognizing what you can do better. Um, and hopefully other, other leaders who listen to this will also think through the same experience of, mm-hmm. all right, what, what am I accountable for, um, in this process and what can I do to prevent this happening in the future? So let's dive into the more fun one. Mm-hmm. What's your best experience in business? Oh my gosh. Can I just say that I have a lot of best experience? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate gratitude. I'll take it in droves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think so that experience last year actually really taught me a lot about my best experiences, right? And like my mm. best clients and savoring experiences with my best clients. Um, and so this over this year, I actually built my fa- like my own internal community, which has become my favorite, most best experience, I would say, because it's now made up, it's called the Revolutionaries, and it's made up of industry leaders like Kajabi. And, and amongst other clients I've had um, in multiple different industries. And so I think I would say my best experience has been finally calling in what I've wanted to create for a long time and not keep putting it on the back burner, right? It's been a vision of mine for three years to do yes. so. And so over these last eight months of building out what I call this brain trust called the revolutionaries, um, I'm just watching these industry leaders become friends. Some of them even call each other family at this point. We had an in-person event in Cancun, Mexico um, in June, and members were, you know, just amplifying each other left and right and center, encouraging each other. And I'm just sitting there being like this, this right here is magic, right? And it's because I've been been in the practice of just who do I want, who who makes my heart pound like louder and happy, you know, like just makes me come so alive and, um, and only inviting those people into 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 the opportunity to work with me and there in turn we both we both win right because we're both we we end up in a long-term friendship collaboration or partnership in some way that invites so many more transformative wins for everybody that's amazing that's awesome and it's so funny it's it sounds like and and don't let me lead you to this you can say jackson that's not the case but it, it sounds like the catalyst for opening that 
was the worst experience. Um, are those uncorrelated or, or did they? That's a good question. I know, because here's why I asked that. Yeah. The last three people I've asked on this podcast, which mm -hmm. is when I started asking this question, all three of them, that was exactly what it was, was their Ooh. worst experience led to their best. Um, and so again, I don't want to create a false correlation here. Um, but it's, I would say it's it's a mix, right? I think it was I think it was one of the final straws, right? For me because I knew that I didn't want to be in that cycle ever again in my life where I was just taking on clients that were, you know, because there was there was a moment right there at that at that exact point when we decided to take them on. There was a little bit of a cash flow crunch. And I was like, "Oh, should I not? Should I do it?" And and I I said, "Yeah." Right. And I think that the impact of that finally led me to to finally just like putting my foot down and being like, no more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the vision I actually wanted to bring to life five years ago, i.e. the revolutionaries and what I've been building there, I couldn't not do it anymore. Right. I had to do it. I was so compelled to do it because of that bad experience that just totally knocked me off, felt like it was a knockoff of my game. Right. I, and then the funny thing is, right, you have this cash flow crunch. So you take on a client that doesn't feel aligned and then you return the money. Um, major cash flow crunch at that point. Right. Yeah. Yuck. Horrible. Never again. Will I want to be in that situation? So it, that's yeah, I guess so. You know, it was very much a catalyst for only saying I'm only working with people that I really love working with. And let's go. Let's go. If that's you. Let's go. Yeah. Right. So if you are in that worst case right now, like be be prepared to utilize that, you know, to set your boundaries, set your standards, uh, follow Marusha's example and the last several people we've had on the show as well. And and recognizing the opportunity to level up your game. Um, so, Marusha, let's dive into your most powerful lesson. What's a what's a powerful lesson that other visionaries? I said most. I'm going to detract from that. The relevant, powerful lesson right now that visionaries can learn from your experience. Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, don't hold yourself back. Don't hold yourself back. You know, about a year ago, um, my company, the we did business as a, uh, our, our company name a little over a year ago was called Create Cell Impact. And it had been that way for a while, right? I went to an event in Scottsdale last year that rocked my world and part of that was the invitation to be fully aligned into who i be in the world right not what do i do so if you ever were to meet me in person i would probably never ask you what do you do for a living I'll, i would ask you so who oh, do you yeah. be who do you be How in this you be? Like right that. and the reason for that the intention for that is because of that powerful lesson i learned and it was really the recognition that i get to claim all of myself and all of who i be and that includes how I brand myself. That includes what my message is. Why do I have to hide? Why do I have to water down any of it? I don't, right? So I went from Create Cell Impact, had this incredible, powerful experience at an event that made me realize my family lineage, if you will, were, were revolutionaries. And from that, that is what I'm called into, moving into, um, into my life and into the, you know, to impact the generations to follow my daughters and whoever else is going to come after my daughters. And so that, that's powerful, right? To me, that is an incredibly powerful thing to, to be paying attention to is don't hide from who you really are. 
when I claimed revolutionary communities as my, my branding and where we were going as a company, um, I owned, I started to own all of myself. I started to own my message. I started to own my voice. I started to really find that fire within me um, to, to and invite that conversation into, into everything else that I do. So um, my clients were able to resonate with that in a new way because that's who they saw me to be, but I just didn't see myself to be that um, in many ways, wow. right? So it was really, really powerful uh, for me. And I absolutely want to invite all of us to continue to be present and true to ourselves and not continue to, uh, to play small. I love that. And uh, to, to double down on that, it's something that I don't hear a lot of leaders talk about, including myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also one of those secret, sacred powers that I know matters so much. Uh, mm -hmm. Your genealogy, where you come mm -hmm. from, like who, who helped uh, raise you, create you. There's a lot of ways that it can be put. Um, mm -hmm. My mom's really big into genealogy. Um, and I would say she's a super blessed individual that's done a lot of really cool, amazing things with her life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when when you, uh, you know, being in that social circle around you in Kajabi, we're meeting a lot of new people. The amount of times that you just authentically and naturally brought up genealogy and brought up the, the revolutionary past and, and who's there, like it, it shows how committed you are to becoming a representation of that. For those mm -hmm. listening, there was a study in the New York Times years ago. Oh, let me uh, mute and hide me real quick. Um, there we go. Um, the There was a study that talked about how those, one of the singular threads of success that exists is those who are in tune with their genealogy, with where they come from, tend to have far more success than those who don't know where they come from. Wow. Have you heard of that study before? No, but I can, I 100% can, when you said that, I just, You're a testament to it. That's what yeah. I watch. I'm like, whoa, look at her. And sure enough, she's all about genealogy. Like, no wonder. Yeah. It's a visceral feeling when you said that, because yeah, I mean, the, I hear my father, my father's voice in my ear as you say that, like telling us about the ancestors and he's actually in the process right now of like building out our entire tree that from like four, the 1400s or something in Spain, yeah. right? And in, in all of that, he's, he's wanting to impart this sense of like who we actually are. Who do we be? Who do we come into a room with? We come into the room with our great grandparents. We come into the room with our aunts and uncles and, you know, all of these amazing humans that made us who we are. Now, I would imagine they're not perfect. None of, none sure. of our family lineages. Yes. And we, as the people that are on this planet right now, get an opportunity to bring the wisdom if you, if you want it um, to the conversation. I would even say, I mean, this is kind of getting woo, but um, you know, it, it's um, there's, even if you don't know your genealogy um, there's ways to tap into that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, Perfect. yeah. So yeah, I don't want to necessarily go down that path because that's not my expertise at sure. all. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is something that I, I there's do. an appreciation for it. Yeah, I believe there's so, so much power, so much power in, in knowing. So I appreciate you bringing that study in for sure. Awesome. Well, we'll drop it in the show notes for anybody interested in, in seeing that. And uh, in the meantime, let's dive deep into revolutionary communities and what you're doing. What is revolutionary communities? And, uh, you know, what 
what's on the horizon for your venture? Sure. Um, so Revolutionary Communities is, is our company. What we do um, is we support visionary leaders to fully uh, embody and live out uh, the vision they have for their, for their company. Um, many, my clients will work on projects or in their companies that are really, they're impact driven companies. They're the ones that are really focused on people first and with profits to follow. And, um, we do that in multiple different ways. You know, we do that through, um, consult one-on-one -on -one consulting, either with myself or one of my community architects on my team. Um, and we also have, we're about to launch, uh, well, actually today we just launched our podcast. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Um, by the same name, Revolutionary, there it is, Revolutionary Communities Podcast. Um, and literally, you guys are finding out before it actually goes live in 30 minutes. So um, so that's very exciting. And we're so, I'm so happy to be able to do that here with Vision Pros with you, Jackson. So um, that's, that's there. And we're going to be actually creating... So one of the things I love talking about and I share often is that, you know, there's one thing to have a vision for a community and then there's the actual, like, how do you actually build the thing? <laughs> um, and so while we talked about the revolutionaries, these are like industry game changers, these folks that have been doing it for a minute, there's a lot of amazing humans in this planet that are not yet at that level of industry game change, but they want to find their way there, right? They want yes. to get to that place. So we're, we're in the process of creating um, a, a, a curriculum and an entire community called the Wayfinders to help mm -hmm. our, our impact-driven visionaries go from zero to a thousand core members um, in their community, and then thousand to ten thousand, and then ultimately a thousand or ten thousand to a hundred thousand in their community. So I'm going to be uh, we're going to be having hosting it on Kajabi, of course, um, and really beginning to um, support more visionary leaders to grow these beautiful ground, what I call groundswell communities and into ultimately into revolutions in, in their industry that are really going to be game changing their entire industry moving forward. Wow. All right. Let's uh, that's fantastic. So the wayfinders, I love the name and let's talk about this groundswell. What tell, teach us yeah. about that. If you don't mind. Sure. sure. Absolutely. So groundswell. So, I'm taking yeah. notes by the way. Oh, good. I love that. Um, so so here's how I, I see community, right? Community is a an iterative process, right? And I think oftentimes, again, we go from vision, we see the masses in front of us. You know, many of us who are visionaries, we can imagine speaking on stages to thousands of people potentially. Yeah. Or we even imagine for those who don't necessarily want all the all the limelight and those big spot, you know, spotlighted stages and such, they, they can imagine themselves with like maybe retreat experiences and like cultivating these beautiful smaller in-person circles, right? Those are all forms of community. But to go from having community to now actually really creating major impact on the world, millions of people, potentially hundreds of thousands to millions of people, um, there's a process to get there, right? And so the first part of the process, phase one is what I call um, the first wave, the first wave. And the first wave is where we are starting to find our early adopters, the people that are totally, you know, you bring out a concept and they're leaning in immediately. You are, you and them are speaking the same language and it's, it's like palpable, right? Yes. So this is before we get, you know, before we get to the ground, so we have to get our first wave clients into clients, customers, 
um, you know, people follow, you know, followers um, into the same conversation, right? So I, I, I often like, and this is, these are like estimated numbers, depends on your industry, what, it, what, the, what the vision is for how you're going to grow the community, et cetera. But typically on average, first wave is your first thousand people um, mm -hmm. that are coming in, right? And so in that first thousand people, we are, we're really cultivating a couple of things very intentionally. We're cultivating our leadership as the visionary leaders. We're getting comfortable being in front of people, comfortable using our voice, comfortable in our leadership, making really interesting, sometimes tough decisions, right? All of that is all, because, and the reason it's so important to do that and to do our own inner work at this point and always, but especially at this point, is because while you are um, practicing courage to get your voice out there and to really expand your voice even more, um, you're going to find that your members are going to be a reflection of you in your own work, right? Um, I have a master's degree in um, mental health counseling, and I studied uh, marriage and family therapy specifically. And there was a specific type of therapeutic process called the Imago. It's called Imago therapy. Imago stands for um, uh, reflection of, right? Mm -hmm. and the idea is that we are attracted to partners that are reflecting something that we're needing to work on in our lives. And the same is true for when we are attracting a vision, a community of people that we want to work with. We often are attracting or wanting to work with people that maybe um, will be able to be supported by something that maybe was a wounding in our own, our own life at some point in our, in our own journey. Right. And so, yeah. so from that, we doing our inner work is everything. So in the first wave, that's really what we're paying attention to while bringing in and really nurturing those first thousand people into their space with us. From there, around a thousand people, and we want to scale it, you know, 10x that vision into 10,000, let's imagine. That's really where we get into the groundswell. The groundswell is really, the term comes from, uh, from nature. It is what happens when um, you have an earthquake tremors underneath the ocean floor. And as the ocean, you know, is tremoring, <laughs> um, and shaking, it, it causes shifts in the wave to create these larger waves to come to the, towards the surface. Ultimately, mm -hmm. waves could potentially turn into a tsunami, right? right. Uh, and change the landscape. But in this groundswell, this is where we now are wanting to invite ourselves into our first 10,000, going from 1,000 to 10,000 minimally. Right. This could go a little bit higher again, depends. But this is you're not yet industry game changer, but you are changing the the the, the landscape. You're you're now causing shifts in conversation in your industry. Shifts in mindset in your industry. Right. And so once we start to get into that, this is like where Kajabi is right now, right? They're, they're a little bit beyond that. They're also industry game changer. They're moving more into the revolutionary. Yeah. But really where, what you're wanting, you can imagine, um, is that, you know, at this level, not everyone knows you yet, but man, you're starting to turn heads big time. And your early adopters in that first, the first wave are starting to share you with the rest of the world, even more so, right? They're excited about it. They can't wait for more to be shared. After we go from that place of the first 10,000, then we want to go from 10,000 to 100,000 in our community, right? So this is where, this is really, this is a whole other level of community expansion and build. 
And at that level, we're now looking at um, what I call the revolution or the landscape change, right? You're now really shifting conversation. You're a name in the industry. People look at you with respect. Uh, they might not agree with you, but they'll respect you because it is one, it is a, it's a conversation that literally is shifting how other people are doing whatever it is in their industry, right? So another client of mine has a million person community. Um, it's called the Erotic Blueprints. I know it's a little bit spicy, um, but <laughs> it's kind of like the five love languages for understanding your sexuality and your sensuality. And they were on a show on Netflix and it grew. I mean, that topic obviously is a, is a topic uh, that many people are interested in, but grew significantly. And they went from their first 100,000 in their community to a million. So they're really at that level of revolutionary. Oh, thank you. Yes. That's the erotic blueprint. That's right. So, you know, that's, that's what we where you know, not everyone wants to get all the way to revolutionary status, right? That's not necessarily where everyone's ready to go. However, as whether, whether you're at the first wave or you're in the groundswell or you're in that landscape change that moves into revolutionary, um, recognize that all of that's great and good. And at least now you know where you're going, right? And you can say, okay, I'm, I'm good. I want to stay in first wave. Like that feels really aligned for me. I have a lot of clients who choose to stay in the first wave because that they don't want to have the burden or the stress to carry a million people through life and their, through their right. work. Um, and then others are built differently. Right. And so, and all of it's okay. So, so it's, it just gives us a framework now to make it, make some choices about how we need to move our companies forward even more intentionally. I love how much room you make for visionaries to maintain their status as a visionary for their life. Um, you know, if you're, you know, you know, in your heart and mind, what's best for you. Um, you may lose sight of that at times. And some people may convince you to abandon that at times. Um, but the, uh, I love that you articulated that as the, the final component of teaching those phases and what powerful phases to be aware of um, and to, to have kind of a mindset of recognizing like, okay, if I'm experiencing these symptoms, these realities, if people are you know, paying more attention to the shift in conversation that's taking place or positioning me as a, a thought leader, which requires a really deep level of self-awareness too, um, you know, being able to to look at both your self-awareness perspective and and the world's perspective of you, um, you have to be willing to take a big step back to listen to that. So, um, thank you. That's that's beautifully said. Anything else you would like to add? Um, hmm. I think, I think courage. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel it feels really complete and. I would just say, you know, I think there's three core values that I know I personally lean into to be able to um, hold the container for so many amazing communities. Because I get to be the leader or the visionary, the mentor to so many in partnership with so many visionary leaders, right? Right. Um, and so for me, there's three core components that I often invite our my, my clients to think about. And I want to encourage each of us to think about this if you're willing. And the first one is the value of love, right? We hear a lot about communities and having to create like fractions, like, oh, you have to stand for something and everyone else is the enemy and all this stuff. Okay, I guess so. Or you can just be really convicted about the thing that you really care about and bring along people that also give 
you know, a lot of love to that same topic or that, right? It changes everything. Love, the idea of love and choosing to come from the energy of love and the essence of love into every conversation, every interaction, even when the, in, when it's hard and the person on the other end is like a stinky person, you know, <laughs> not just like meaning by smell, but like, yeah, they're difficult. Ooh, yeah. How do we pause for a minute and come back to ourselves before we go into those conversations so we can come from love? I had a conversation just this morning that could have gone really ugly. And I had to like, cause I'd gotten a text and it just looked, you know, it just wasn't great the way in which it was being presented. And I just was like, Okay, it's time to practice, right? I came into that conversation. Jackson, it was one of the most transformative conversations for both of us. Hmm. And it was and it was because I I made that choice. I chose to show yeah. up in the conversation from love. I love that. Um the second the second value is courage. 100% courage because when we make the choice to be visionary, the number the number one thing that stops what I believe leaders who have big vision from leaders who actually create and make that vision happen is courage. It's yeah. the, the invitation of the yes, the invitation to get up anyway, even after we fell down and we hurt ourselves badly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's to share the thing that is not popular, but right for the moment with love and with respect. And then the final value to bring in is to me personally, it's adventure, right? Because once we have love and we have, we have the courage when we start to say yes and invite in, guess what we get to be on? An adventure, like a massive adventure. And it's the openness. Adventure to me is like an umbrella for openness, uh, love, or love, but play, uh, right. openness and play and curiosity um, and, yeah. and awareness I- to what else and what else and what else, right? I love it. That's that's really really powerful. So I, that's how I, I would I, what I would say is that to do all this gorgeous stuff, those three bring those three values in, allows us and empowers us to go forward and rise. So cool. That's so aligned with first class business too. What we do. Oh my god, that's one of the reasons why we resonate so well. Totally. Um, so how what's the best way for people to connect with you, Marisha? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I would say best way LinkedIn. Uh, feel free LinkedIn. to. Find- on LinkedIn, or if you want to get to know more of this work, the podcast. I mean, it launched today, um, and the first six episodes that will be airing are all like foundational. Marisha is not interviewing anyone, just really foundational concepts right. to really engage in. Um, so if they go to revolutionarycommunities.com forward slash podcast, that will be a great place to 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 land in you'll see the, the yep you'll see all of our epi- the episodes that are currently um, published and you'll also get a chance to join we're about to launch a community where we're going to be going deeper into each of these episodes um, as a community so you can also subscribe to whichever on whichever platform from there as well awesome Marisha, it's been so great to have you thank you so much for your time today visionary pros out there uh, eat this up. Um, you know, share this with friends, people who you want to succeed and thrive in your communities. Part of the process of building a community is being able to lead it, but also another big part of it is being able to to exist within it, to follow. Um, and on being able to um, learn how to apply these principles in communities that you already exist within. We are all part of many communities out there. So. 
thank you again for all your time, Marusha. Uh, best wishes with the podcast. I know we'll be staying in touch. Uh, thank you for being a friend and a phenomenal leader in this world. Thank you so much, Jackson. It's been a pleasure to be here with you and all of those that are able to uh, be here with us today. Absolutely. Take care, Vision Pros. We'll see you soon. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out 